Pizza time. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Uh, Place to Be Nation, Pop. It's time once again to discuss another addition into the Spidey Movieverse. Greg Dieter and Trico Alexander from It Was a Thing on TV here as we look back on the second Spider-Man movie in the Sam Raimi trilogy from 2004. What a good summer that was. Oh, what a summer it was. When we think of the summer of 2004... This is the movie we think of. Yes, we do. And this was a big sequel. I remember around Thanksgiving 2003 on Yahoo.com. Yes, this is how long ago it was. They debuted the trailer on the Yahoo.com front page. And there was the scene in the teaser where Mary Jane asked Peter to kiss her. And then... Here comes the car! Here comes the car, because he's got the Spidey sense. Oh! And then there's Doc Ock, and it's like, oh, this is going to be so great. And indeed it was. It was the Empire Strikes Back of our generation. Before the movie even got into production, there was doubt that Tobey Maguire would even be in this movie. There was, and they were working on recasting. But here's the thing. They got to work on the sequel right after they got to work on the original. And by the time it came time to uh, film Toby's bit, he was all better. So ultimately, they didn't have to recast him. And as you watch this movie, you can see that there is a lot of maturity. Oh, yes. A lot of maturity between the original Spider-Man and the sequel. And basically, you know who Spider-Man is, but in this movie, you start to understand who Spider-Man is. And I think to a point, so does Peter Parker. Yes. Also, the person that they were considering replacing Tobey Maguire with, uh, some guy named Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, he's going to come up later on. Yeah. Of course, Jake Gyllenhaal, star of the hit movie. He's in the movie. They have big ball, like ballon. You know, he lived there. Uh, he's in the movie. Everybody die in the mountain. He's in the rabbit, tell you. And he's in the movie, the two cowboy guy. He's gay with the guy. He passed away. Thank you, Yaya. I wish I knew how to quit you. Oh. Damn. But, oh, my God. We get into the start of this movie. You got just these cool drawings that reference the first movie. And for some reason, only photographic stills of Kirsten Dunn. For some reason. I I don't know. I, it's like, I've done like the show prep for once by watching the film. Because it is available on demand on Stars right for now. now. For now. Because Sony and Marvel cut a deal. Sony, Marvel, and Disney cut a deal All of the Spider-Man movies are going to be migrated over to the legacy portion of the Marvel Channel on the Disney Plus. So, something to look forward to. Oh, these drawings are so excellent. They're like Ralph McQuarrie in Star Wars-esque. Indeed. It's sort of like the end of every episode of The Mandalorian. Except, and like I said before, they only used photographic stills of Kirsten Dunst. Oh, More yeah. than a, a drawing of her. Yeah. They did use a couple of drawings of her. But I've been thinking to myself, and I've been trying to find out why I never did. It'll always be a mystery. But we start out this movie, Peter's delivering pizzas. For a pizza owner, Mr. Aziz, played by Asif Mandvi. He's going to lose his business if Peter doesn't get these pizzas out on time. So he has yeah. to go 42 blocks in seven and a half minutes, or he's fucked. Or, and now we're using his words, your ass is fired. Oh, yeah. So he's trying to 
do his best to get the pizzas. And then he decides, you know what? I got to switch into Spider-Man to get the pizzas delivered faster. It just so happens that, again, some crime's about to go down. Yeah. And somehow Ashy Larry is there from Chappelle's show. Yeah, Don L. Rawlings, one of many cameos in Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah. The cameos in Spider-Man 2 are amazing. I mean, we didn't mention Spider-Man 1. Octavia Spencer had a cameo in it. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, that was great. But, okay, he saves a bunch of kids from getting run over by a car. Some guys is trying to eat the pizzas. Some guys try to eat the pizzas. He managed to get the pizzas and the slice that he's about to eat. And then, okay, we got another cameo as Peter's coming in to try to deliver the pizzas on time. Hey, it's Emily Deschanel. How are you doing? Yeah, and he's a minute or two late, and he probably would have been on time if he wasn't spending time trying to organize a broom closet. He loses his job at the pizza place, and now he's back in J. Jonah's office. Yeah, getting fired for what I imagine is the 15th time this week for delivering, you know, what he sees as legitimate art pieces. It's like J. Jonah Jameson keeps you around for one thing and one thing only. Spider-Man. Yeah, the pictures of Spider-Man. That's about it. He says he's going to give Peter $150. And then Peter responds with $300. He says, oh, that's outrageous. Done. That is the kind of person J. Jonah Jameson is. And J.K. Simmons reprising his role. Really the only person who can do this role. Oh, yeah. As we find out later and much later down the line. But, hey. I love that scene with Elizabeth Banks as Betty cheering Peter up. Yeah, that's what she does. She's there to fix 3J's messes. Okay, so now we have Peter in college. Columbia University. A far cry from the Empire State University in the comics from the 60s. And he runs into his professor, Dr. Kurt Connors, who we know is, of course, the lizard. And you know what? Good on the producers for making sure that Connors has indeed one arm. Oh, yeah, definitely. They want to be as accurate as possible. They're going to notice if he does. He has both arms. So yeah. we better. They've already gave the franchise what for for having natural webbing instead of the synthetic stuff in the later movies. Yeah. And Kurt Connors, of course, played by Dylan Baker, who is, of course, a perennial that guy from that thing. Yes. All right. So Peter's at Aunt May's house, and all of a sudden, it's his birthday. They threw a surprise party. Aunt May, Harry, and Mary Jane, they all threw a surprise party for Peter. Yep. And by the way, Aunt May, Harry, and Mary Jane, all back from the first movie, played respectively by Rosemary Harris, James Franco, and Kirsten Dunst. The best thing to come out of New Jersey. Whenever I smell cheap cologne and raccoons, I know I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> and right now, Harry is working at Oscorp as a director of new projects. He's bragging about how this guy, Otto Octavius, he's going to put Oscorp on the map in a way his dad never dreamed of. And Harry offers to Peter, hey, you want to meet him? Yeah. He's game for that. But also, Harry is so desperate, he wants to know, hey, do you know who Spider-Man is? Yeah, remember, he's still a bit angry about him killing his dad. (laughs) And he doesn't know yet. He doesn't know. He's still like, man, Peter's my boy. I love him. He's like a brother to me. Spider-Man, however. Oh, yeah. What a Spider-Man. He's a jerk. But yep, give him the birthday cake. And then, oh my god, Peter notices that there's a foreclosure notice on Aunt May's house. Yeah, which is one of many torments that Peter is having, and this will all play out in spectacular failure in the uh, moments to come. Like, A... He gets fired from his pizza job. B, he has no idea how to get Aunt May out of foreclosure. And C, he still hasn't told MJ how he really feels. Yeah, they have this talk. And oh, 
Mary Jane's so happy that she saw Peter at the party, but... It's almost like he's forgetting something. And I did my IMDb research on this movie, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, she's in a play, which was your idea, and you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so he figures, you know what? I need to go see Mary Jane in this play, because I encouraged her. I encouraged her to act. Well, meanwhile, we have Peter in his apartment and his landlord, Mr. Ditkovich, which, by the way, great reference to Steve Ditko. Yep. But he's having trouble paying the rent for his apartment. But Mr. Ditkovich's daughter, what a sweetheart. Oh, she is an absolute dear. Uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Ditkovich played by Elliot Baskin, who is another perennial that guy from that thing. Yeah, he was the Russian general in Austin Powers. General Bolshevsky, Russian intelligence. Russian intelligence? Are you mad? A lot's happened since you were frozen. The Cold War's over. Well, finally those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes, eh? Hey, comrades! Hey! Austin, we won. Oh, groovy, smashing. Yay, capitalism! <laughs> he is also Robert Williams' best friend in Moscow on the Hudson. Oh, wow. That's pretty nice. Okay, so now we go as Harry and Peter are introduced to Dr. Otto Octavius, played by Alfred Molina. One of the uh, greatest British actors of our generation. If you oh, ask me. Oh. He's done West End Theater. He's done Broadway. He was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He was in Fiddler on the Roof. And he will be reprising his role in Spider-Man No Way Home at the end of the year. Yes, because he actually mentioned that in an interview. That mm-hmm. he'll be in No Way Home. And now, I mean- fun fact, he was originally cast as Arnold Rimmer. Before Chris Berry got the part. Really? In Red Dwarf, yes. Wow. But we're also also introduced to Dr. Octavius' wife. Rosalie. Yeah. Who, by the way, she she gets billing in the opening credits, but she's only like in a couple of scenes. But she makes a very important sort of impression on those couple of scenes. And it's like, okay... Pete, Dr. Octavius, and Rosie, they're having this kind of sort of family dinner talking. And one of the things that he says, that Dr. Octavius says to Peter, just sort of spoke to me so much that I put it on my uh, Instagram. You probably already saw it, Greg. Yeah, I already did. It's like, if you keep something as complicated as love stored up inside, it can make you sick. Oh. Yeah. Tell me about it. Did Edison sleep before he turned on the light? Did Marconi sleep before he turned on the radio? Did Beethoven sleep before he wrote the fifth? Did Bernoulli sleep before he found the curves of quickest descent? Ah, Rosie, I love this boy. So yeah, they're having the kind of dinner that, you know, Peter Parker wishes he would have with his Uncle Ben and his Aunt May, but never really happens, though. Oh. So now Peter is preparing to go see Mary Jane at the play. And but, he keeps getting this sort of sort of dropping subtle hints that, hey, you like to think you're some ordinary kid. You are not some ordinary kid. Because there's all these situations that come about that, oh my god, I need to be Spider-Man because all this crime's happening. All this crime is criming. So yeah, he does his thing. He stops some bad guys. And then he takes their car that the bad guys were stealing and takes his mask off. And I'm thinking, well, he's lucky that this is 2004 and not everybody has a cell phone. Yeah. I'm sure John Walker wishes it was 2004. Oh, God. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not talk about that. Anyway. Uh, so he drives up to the theater. In the middle of the show, there's Bruce Campbell as the usher telling him, hey, you want to do something about your shoes? Hey, you want to do something about that tie? Hey, you can't go in during the middle of the show. And hey, hey, we can't be talking like this. Cause... Yeah. Oh, and there's, this, there's the uh, violinist for doing the Spider-Man theme, but very badly. In this universe, like, the Spider-Man theme's not a thing. Nope. 
So she probably was worked very hard to create this Spider-Man theme music. What is that? Oh, whatever. Hey, I hear the kids can't get enough of it. But oh, we see Mary Jane with her, oh, with her fiance. Mm, well, and, we don't know they're the fiance just yet. They're just, you know, seeing each other right now. Oh, if you only knew who it was, Pete. Oh, if you only knew. Yeah, Peter's trying to swing, but oh, he crashes and he loses the grip on his web, and he crashes into some pipes. Like, oh, yeah, and he really doesn't know what's happening to him. But it sort of plays at you know that subliminal nagging. Like, here's all of these things that I'm missing because I have to go and be Spider-Man. So he has to go up the elevator, and oh, hi, Hal Sparks, and yeah, and. Word of God says that it's not really Hal Sparks. It's Hal Sparks' character from Queer as Folk. <laughs> that would be hilarious if that was in the same universe. But he's just... In this uh, 2.1 extended cut, that scene in the elevator is actually extended. And it's very good. I'm going to play the whole exchange right here for you guys. Okay. How you doing? Good. I just want to say I, I really, I really like what you do. I think it's great. Thanks. I'm with uh, Weisenhower, Anderson, Nichols, and Knudsen PR firm in the building, and I just want to say that I think the image you have is fantastic. It's really put together. The costume, the this thing. I mean, it's really put together. It's great. I think you could do more than print, though. I think you might want to try some TV. You know, can I riff for you? Can I come up with a couple ideas for you? Just what my company would do. Let's see what I got. How about um, a children's book? You could uh, have like Charlotte's Web, but without the pig. You know, that kind of thing. How about um, a line of hammocks? Because it's kind of a web thing. Um, you could do um, a men's cologne called Thwip. Let me give you a card. Um, I don't have any pockets. Yeah. We're right in the bill. <clears throat> it doesn't help. I do that all the time. Slow elevator. <laughs> there you go. He's got a couple of ideas for Spider-Man. It's like, uh, whatever. He gives him a card, though. Uh, Peter's walking past uh, a bunch of posters with Mary Jane's face on it. Oh, yeah, that's not awkward. No. And now it's the next day. Peter's in class, and he's failing in class. One of many failures that he had to uh, endure, you know, being a superhero and whatnot. Uh, Peter tries to call Mary Jane on the payphone. And, oh, uh, no. He tries to tell her the whole story, but, uh please deposit 50 cents. Oh, God. 2004 technology. That guy doesn't even have 50 cents, man. That, I feel sorry for him. Peter's so broke he can't afford a Nokia phone. Wow. <sighs> Just wow. I had a Nokia phone around this time. It was pretty good. I had... That was my first cell phone, was a Nokia phone. Okay, now we got the big demonstration Otto's having. And in the audience, we have Harry, we have the uh, Oscorp higher-ups who are funding the project and or threatening to sue if it yeah. goes badly, and Rosalie. So, Oh, my God. She's a real one. She's a real one. But, oh, he's got the demonstration of these tentacles. Yes, and she and he says that they will be infused into his spine. However, with his inhibitor chip, I can control their AI. They cannot control me. Oh, well, I don't know. Otto, that's not going to work out well. Well, you know what? Let's see how this experiment actually goes, because yeah. we still have to do that, right? So he's, <laughs> he's using the arms, and then, oh, no. There's the trap. What is that? The tritrillium? Trillium. Okay, the trillium. Tri sorry, it's tritium. Which, yes. by the way, is an actual thing. Really? Yes. Tritium is an isotope, also known as hydrogen 
3, which contains one proton and two neutrons, whereas the nucleus of the common isotope hydrogen 1, protium, contains just one proton, and hydrogen 2, deuterium, contains one proton and one neutron. And they say you don't learn anything listening to this show. So, it looks like Otto has made a success of this project, and the Oscorp board's like, oh my god, Harry, your father would have been so proud of this. Oh, this is going to be great. It's going to make us millions. And then, almost immediately, things go horribly wrong. Oh, yeah. Everything's going into the reactor. Yep. Glass, metal, everything. And everybody's like, you gotta shut it off! You gotta shut it off! And Otto's like, oh, I got this under control. And Harry's no, he like, doesn't have this under control. Harry knows it's not, he doesn't have it under control. No, he does not have it under control. And then Spider-Man saves Harry, but Harry's like, oh no. Yeah, this doesn't change anything because you saved me. Like, okay. Oh, right. So, and he has to go and stop the experiment. Yeah, Spider-Man has to stop the experiment. But, oh no. The glass is shattered. Uh-oh. And it's killed poor Rosie. Ooh, sliced right through her. Oh, no. No bueno. Oh, no. Oh, but now so he the... managed, to, managed to save Dr. Octavius. Did not save Rosie. Oh. Now his... Now Dr. Octavius' chip is malfunctioned. Now, yeah, malfunctioned. Try broken. Yeah, it's broken. It, yeah. There's no getting around that. So Harry's like, oh, I'm ruined. I have nothing left except Spider-Man. But one guy's like, he saved your life. No, he humiliated me by touching me. He puts on his glasses, sunshades, like... Oh, I'm so pissed. I gotta wear these Oakleys right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, Doctor Octavius is in his, his. It's in what's left of his experiment. He's like, I'm ruined. All of this. These arms. They belong at the bottom of the sea. Oh yeah. I don't know how he managed to get back to the to the place where he did his experiments when it's all broken and stuff. It's like, did nobody notice? Did nobody, like, did police not seal it off or anything? I guess they figured, ah, oh, there's going to be no need for this place anymore. Okay, but now we're back at the Daily Bugle. And J. Jonah's like, man, a guy named Otto Octavius... Turns himself into a monster with mechanical arms <laughs> with eight limbs attached to his body. Ah, what are the odds? Which really, if you think about it, is probably like one of the most weirdest coincidences of all time. Yeah, guy with four arms scrapped into his body and now they're making him crazy and they make him want to redo his experiment. The AI slowly started to take over Dr. Octavius's mind. Hey! You know what we should call him? Dr. Octopus. But Hoffman gave him, like, some... His ideas. Of course, Hoffman... Giant squid? Oh, yeah. Giant squid. Oh, and the biggest 18-year payoff for a joke ever. With Dr. Strange? Which has already been taken. Crazy scientist turns himself into some kind of a monster. Four mechanical arms welded right onto his body. Guy named Otto Octavius winds up with eight limbs. What are the odds? Hoffman! What are we going to call this guy? Uh, uh, Dr. Octopus. That's crap. Uh, uh, Science squid? Crap. Dr. Strange. That's pretty good. But it's taken. Wait, wait, I got it. Dr. Octopus. Uh, But uh, I like it. Of course you do. Dr. Octopus. New villain in town. Doc Ock. Maybe we'll get an explanation about that next year. Yep, remember, Spidey's supposed to work with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. By the way, Hoffman, played by Sam Raimi's brother Ted. And ultimately, they just go with Doctor Octopus. I like it. Doc Ock. So now we get into one of the best parts of the movie, where 
Jay Jonah tells Peter, hey, Peter, I need you for this party for my son, who's an astronaut at the planetarium. And Peter's like, can you pay me in advance? Chief, I found Parker. Where you been? Looking for you all morning. Why don't you pay your phone bill? Mad scientist goes berserk and we don't have pictures. I heard Spider-Man was there. Where were you? Photographing squirrels? You're fired. Chief, the planetarium party. Oh, right. You're unfired. I need you. Come here. What do you know about high society? Oh, uh, well, I... Yeah, don't answer that. My society photographer got hit in the head by a polo ball. You're all I got. Big party for an American hero. My son, the astronaut. But could you pay me in advance? <laughs> you serious? Pay for what? Standing there? The planetarium tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. There's the door. Jade Jonah oh. starts laughing his head off. And meanwhile, we're in the audience and we're saying, pay you in advance. You're lucky he pays you in American money. All right. So now we're at the scene, of course, where, as we mentioned earlier, where Dr. Octavius was like so depressed and stuff. But he's like, I can do this. My experiments here. I'll have the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing. Nothing. It's the most Shakespearean part of the movie. Yes. Oh, and by the way, Dr. Octavius' plan is, I'm going to rob a bank. Yeah. But who's at the bank? Peter Parker, Aunt May, and Joel and McHale. The, yeah, and the baker, played by Joel McHale. So we have the host of Pressure Luck and the host of Card Sharks in this movie. We should probably get this movie over with before Michael Strahan shows up. Yeah. Well, he probably would still been yeah, he's still been playing at the Giants at this time, so he's probably busy with, with other things. Probably trying to avoid not being late to a meeting with Tom Coughlin right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Aunt May and Peter Parker try to secure a loan with Joel McHale. That doesn't work out too well. They don't even get a free toaster. No, they don't even get that free toaster. But okay, Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus, they have this battle. And oh, Doc Ock, he steals Aunt May. Oh, no. No, so Spider-Man has to save Aunt May. And oh, hey, look, there's Stan Lee trying to save a pedestrian from a falling brick. So again, you look back at this movie, you really got to love Rosemary Harris doing her own stunts. Oh, yeah. Really something awesome. So Spider-Man saves Aunt May. And Spider-Man says to Aunt May, oh, we sure make a great team. And Aunt May's like, what do you mean we? And Spider-Man's like, uh. And he just takes off. Yeah. Who goes and, well, fights Doc Ock some more. Yeah. So now we're at the big party Peter's at for J. Jonah's son. And there's Harry. He's, he's all he's. Drinking, all depressed. He's drinking to forget. Yeah, yeah. And Harry's like, every night, I can't stop thinking about Spider-Man, and I won't rest until I get him. All he has is Spider-Man. Yeah, that's all he has to live for. Meanwhile, in comes John Jameson and his hot date, Mary Jane. Oh no! And now. Peter's just got an invite to the pity party. Oh, yeah. And now Peter's talking with Mary Jane. Uh, She's so upset that Peter didn't go see her in the play. Even my deadbeat dad saw me in the play. Damn. That is horish. That is savage. And now Harry's giving Peter crap because all you do is defend Spider-Man. He's just pushing him. He's basically lost almost everybody who's like family to him. Except for Aunt May. Oh my god. Now Spider-Man's swinging and oh he lost his grip again. Yeah, we're back to supplementally not wanting to be Spider-Man anymore. Yeah, he can't crawl on the building anymore. It's like, oh, what is wrong? And now he can't even read. He can't even read. He needs his glasses. He needs his glasses again. Meanwhile, Doc Ock's like, he's building his new reactor. And oh my God, 
his tentacles are lighting a match for his cigar. Yeah. Fun fact, Alfred Molina has uh, named his tentacles Harry, Larry, Moe, and Flo. Flo is the one who lights the match on fire. Oh, that is that is fantastic. Okay. But now Peter's figured out, you know what? All these problems, you know, I'm Spider-Man no more. And he does this, like, with sort of a dream sequence with him and Uncle Ben. And he's reminding us, with great power comes great responsibility. And Peter's like, no, I'm not even going to take your hand. That's no. harsh, Peter. That's like, he gives you this advice, and you're like, no. You know what? This all plays into one of the big themes of the movie. It does. But, you know, in a reenactment of a famous Spider-Man cover, I believe it was number 50, back in 1967, he takes the suit, puts it in a trash bag, puts it in a can, and that was supposedly the same alleyway that he kissed Mary Jane as Spider-Man. Oh. But now we get this montage of raindrops are falling on my head. And for some reason, a freeze frame of him being happy. Him being happy about Dr. Connor saying he did excellent work. Like, when I watched this scene, I literally thought my DVD was frozen. So did I. It's like, I had to, because, again, I watched it on Stars. I had to rewind to see if this was, uh, it's like, did this really happen? Do I remember this happening? Yeah, he, Sam Raimi really did a freeze frame. He did a major look on the audience. But now, Peter, he's decided, you know what, I'm going to finally see Mary Jane in her play. I'm not really wicked at all, Cousin Cecil. You mustn't think that I'm wicked. If you are not, then you have certainly been deceiving us all in a very inexcusable manner. I hope you have not been leading a double life, pretending to be wicked and being really good all the time. That would be hypocrisy. Oh, of course I have been rather reckless. Are you glad to hear it? Uh, I am glad to hear it. In fact, now you mention the subject, I have been very bad in my own small way. Interestingly enough, Mary Jane is in a play where she's playing a character who is involved with someone with dual identities. Yeah, it's the importance of being earnest, folks. We oh. got science and literature covered. And again, He's trying to talk Mary Jane out of marrying John Jameson. She is not here for that. No. Okay, now we have J. Jonah preparing the cover of the Daily Bugle. The garbage man brings in the suit. Oh, he must have given up. Thrown in the towel. Abandoned his sad little masquerade. Ha <laughs> ha. I finally got to him. The power of the press triumphs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now look, uh, I could get... I'll get. I'll give you fifty dollars. I could get more for that on eBay. Interesting Easter egg there because if you remember, uh, somebody stole Spider-Man suits and tried to sell them on eBay. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Oh, that's a funny callback. Inside callback, right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now the violinist is back asking, "Where have you gone, Spider-Man? Oh. Where have you gone to, Spider-Man?" Oh, and the funny part is, if you have the Spider-Man 2 Extended Edition, there's a funny scene in this montage where J. Jonah's wearing the Spider-Man suit. And it, too bad this isn't a video podcast, because we're doing this in a Zoom room, and guess what Greg's background is? Oh yeah, it's J. Jonah in the Spider-Man suit. I can't believe they edited this out of the original cut, because this scene is hilarious. <laughs> I know, right? It's just the reaction on Betty's face watching it is just gold. Okay, so we have Aunt May and Peter. They were at Uncle Ben's tombstone. Yeah. And then Peter tells Aunt May the truth about what happened the night Uncle Ben died. He didn't go to the library. He wanted to take some money at the wrestling match because he wanted to buy a car to impress Mary Jane. And then he let the thief who stole the money from the promoter go. 
and it turned out the thief turned Uncle Ben, and I could have stopped him. Yeah. And Aunt May's just like, just leaves the room. Yeah. Doesn't say anything. I don't know. Is she upset? Or well, well, ultimately, she forgives him. Ultimately. But it's like, this is going to take some time. Yeah. Meanwhile, Otto's building his reactor. And in the extended cut, you see him doing Fiddler on the Roof, which is just the most adorable thing ever. And then he comes to find Harry, and he wants the tri- was that the you said the tritium tritium yeah the tritium he wants more of it, and Harry's like no you'll destroy the city. What if I give you Spider Man? And Harry's like okay that works. I was like kill him. Yeah just kill no, him. No no don't kill him. Bring him to me alive. Oh okay yeah bring him to him alive. But don't kill Peter. Yeah he wants to kill Spider Man himself but. Okay, don't kill Peter. Oh, Harry. Harry doesn't know. Harry still he doesn't does, know yet. He still doesn't know. But okay, there's a fire that's breaking out, and Peter's like, you know what? I'm going to have to go in and save somebody. Yeah, because it's like, you know, he's been ignoring all of this crime that's been criming, but so he, he can't ignore this fire. No, he can't. So he saves this kid from the fire, a little girl. But then it turns out he overhears a bunch of firemen saying there was a guy on the fourth floor and he didn't make it out alive. And then that breaks Peter. And so it's like, oh, what is he supposed to do now? Like, what do I do? Well, Mr. Dinkovich's daughter comes in and he gives him a piece of chocolate cake. With some milk. With some milk. Like I said, Mr. Dickovich's daughter is a sweetheart. By the way, Mr. Dickovich's daughter, played by, um, try to get her name right, and I do apologize if I screw this up, which, let's be honest, I'm going to screw this up. Her name is Regina Tova, and we've seen her in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Private Practice, Crossing Jordan, and most recently, The Magicians. So now, Peter discovers that Aunt May... Well, she's leaving the apartment. She's like, you know what? I'm going to just leave the apartment in advance and just get out. Helping her move out of the house is one of Aunt May's neighbors. It's a nine-year-old kid. And the nine-year-old kid asked Peter, hey, you take the pictures of Spider-Man, right? Why'd he quit? He's like, oh, well, he just had other things, you know. And then we go into this speech about you know, what it really means to be a hero. Like, sometimes you have to give up the thing you... I'm just doing the whole Reader's Digest version. You have to give up the thing you want for the greater good. You know, it's your life for theirs. So Peter decides, you know what, I'm going to try to jump like in the first movie. This is funny. No. Still not ready yet. My back. My back. Which, believe it or not, is not an inside joke at Tobey Maguire's back injury, supposedly. Nope. That was <laughs> actually written in the script. <laughs> Go figure, huh? But uh, Mary Jane, she doesn't want to invite Peter to the wedding because he's a big jerk. Yeah. And of course, this leads to her asking him to kiss. Him meaning John. Yes, him being John. And they do. And she's kind of sort of disappointed because that's not the kiss I had with Spider-Man. You're not Spider-Man. So now here we go. This is the scene where Peter and Mary Jane are at a coffee shop. Yeah, and if you watch very carefully, not that I did or anything, couldn't help but notice that uh, Mary Jane has invited her two best friends along. Mammalian protuberances, Greg. So Mary Jane asks Peter, kiss me. And they're about to. And then, as I mentioned, the car comes swooping in. And then Peter's spider sense pushes Mary Jane out of the way as the car crashes into the coffee shop. And here's Dr. Octavius. Are you friends with Spider-Man? Tell him to meet me. At such and such a building at 3 o'clock. 
blah, blah, blah. And he takes Mary Jane with him. As collateral damage. Oh, yeah. And he's like, and he's basically, once he's, you know, buried under rubble and whatnot, he's like, that's it! So he's going to take the suit. But the thing is, J. Jonah has the suit. But uh, J. Jonah's like, uh, it's all my fault for this crime. I drove Siderman away. And Hoffman's like, he's the one who could have stopped Octavius. And J. Jonah's like, yeah, I don't know. Spider-Man was a hero. But I just I just couldn't see it. And then what happens? Peter steals the suit back. Oh, yeah. And, then and, J. Uh, and you know what? He leaves a courtesy note. He leaves a courtesy note for J. Jonah's piss. About, oh, he stole the suit. But I'm like, you just said that you missed him. Like, shouldn't you be happy he took the suit? He's happy. I don't want to arrest him right now. I want him arrested. I want him prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I want Spider-Man! So now Peter and Doc Ock, they're battling on the clock. And then it translates right into the big subway fight. That was perhaps the uh, first real big scene of the movie ever shot. And the thing of it is, you would know more than I would, but New York doesn't have L trains anymore, do they? Well, I live in Long Island, so I wouldn't know exact. I mean, maybe the L-I-R-R, but I'm not exactly well-versed on the entire history of the New in York the city. city. Yeah, in, in the city. Yeah, they, I don't think they have L trains. In no. fact, I was re- I was reading that they had to borrow, and by borrow I mean they shot uh, foot test footage in Chicago and then composited Manhattan on top of it. Oh, jeez! I was actually on an L train in Chicago. So okay, Peter's saving all the people that Doc Ock's throwing from the subway cars, and now oh my God, the train's about to crash. The conductor can't stop it. Yep, he's like. Hey, Spider-Man, you've got a train to catch. Spider-Man's in a situation. He's got to save everyone off the train. And remember, his mask is off. Yep. And right now, it's like, okay, let me, it's like, I don't even care about my mask. Let me just do this. And Stan Lee actually said that Peter wears the mask so that nobody can see his fear, which I totally get. Now we have the most dramatic scene in the movie. Any more bright ideas? I got a few. Yeah. Peter's using his webs to hold on to the train. And it's yep. like this whole tight thing, like, oh! And, and he literally passes out when the train finally comes to a stop. Oh, yeah. And conveniently, it stops right before it's about to go over the Over the, over the uh, sort of the cliff, the rebound point, if you will. Yeah. And all of the passengers, they carry him back inside. And he comes to, 
And these two kids, who, by the way, are played by Tobey Maguire's half-brothers, they give him the mask back and says, we won't tell nobody. Oh, yeah. The most dramatic. Like I said, this was 2004. You know what? Once again, if this was today, everyone would be posted about this on Instagram. But it's 2004, and everyone's like, yeah, we're not going to tell anybody. But then in comes Doc Ock, and he's like, give me Spider-Man. And everybody on the car is like, including Bill Lamar, by the way, you want Spider-Man, you're going to have to come through me. And Doc Ock is like, okay. Whoosh! He takes Peter by force, and now he takes Spider-Man, Doc Ock, to Harry's house. And he has the tritium. Really big, sort of icosahedron-looking thing. Now Harry's going to go in for the kill, but he needs to see who Spider-Man really is. And he takes off the mask. (gasps) No. No! 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 And now (laughs) Peter... And And all Peter wants to know is, where's Mary Jane? Yeah, but he's like, oh, wait, all he wanted was the tritium. But Peter says, no, he's making the machine again. When that happens, she'll die along with half of New York. And all Harry's thinking is, you killed my father. And all Pete's thinking is, there's bigger things going on here than you and me. Okay, so now we have the climatic showdown. In the waterfront lab, gigantic reactor, Mary Jane being held for ransom? No, I don't think it's Ransom. Yeah. She's just being held as Spider-Man, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And Spidey tries to rescue her on the sly. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But oh my god. <laughs> and then Doc Ock gets like zapped and's like, oh! That buys Spidey enough time to rescue Mary Jane. Get her the F out of there! And... I don't know, try and stop the reactor from killing half of everyone in New York City. But once he reveals to uh, Doc Ock his secret, he finds out he can't stop it. Doc Ock is the only one who can stop it. He has to overcome the AI in his arms in order to take control back. So it's up to Doc Ock. He's like, I gotta stop this. I'm not gonna die a monster. And so, he does stop the reactor. And then, of course, Peter saves Mary Jane from some falling debris. It's really heavy. This is really heavy. Yep. And ultimately, he does confess his secret identity and his feelings. And that is basically why they can't be together. Very sad. Oh, yeah. Did we mention that there's still one more critical scene and that is Harry still dumbstruck in his house. What was he doing for the last two hours? Still trying to get his feel. Because remember, he just found out his best friend killed his father. Yeah. He's, he up in, he's up in his feelings right now. Yeah, he doesn't have social media to vent about it. He's up in his feelings right now. He starts hearing voices. Who's that? Son. I'm here. Dad? I thought you were... No. I'm alive in you, Harry. Now it's your turn. You swore to make Spider-Man pay. Now make him pay. Pete's my best friend. And I'm your father. You're weak. You are always weak. You'll always be weak until you take control. Now you know the truth about Peter. Be strong, Harry. Avenge me. Avenge me!
the voices. voice of his father. What? Yes. His, his father? father? But, but his father's dead, Chico. No. He's right here. Inside of you. What? You swore to make Spider-Man pay. Now make him pay. Avenge me! No! And he throws the dagger through the glass of the mirror, and then, wait a minute. What is that? What is that? Oh, no. It, it's the Green Goblin's lair! Oh, uh, yeah. The uh, pumpkin bombs on the walls are dead giveaways. And then there's the glider and the mask. And by the way, fun fact, Willem Dafoe wasn't actually supposed to be in Spider-Man 2, but nope. by coincidence, Willem Dafoe happened to run in to the crew while they were filming a scene, and they asked Willem Dafoe, hey, could you film a quick cameo for Spider-Man 2? Okay. Yeah, and there you go. And that actually is like the what probably the best scene in the movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, but now we have one more thing to settle. Yes, and that, of course, because Mary Jane is still getting married to old dude, John Jameson. Yeah, I called him old dude. Old dude, even though he's like 25. Yeah. So they're getting married, or so he thinks, when... Bridesmaid, I believe it was the one played by Vanessa Ferlito of CSI New York, runs in with a note, and all 3J could say is, call the caterer. Tell her not to open the caviar. <laughs> so Mary Jane's run into Peter's apartment, and she's like, you know what? I don't care that you're Spider-Man. I can't survive without you. And you know what? I know you're going to face risks, but I want to be there with you. And she loves Peter. He's, she's <laughs> left. She abandoned her fiance because she wants to stand in his doorway because she's always been standing in his doorway. She's always been standing in his doorway. So here I am standing in your doorway. I've always been standing in your doorway. Isn't it about time somebody saved your life? We'll say something. Thank you, Mary Jane Watson. And she figures, isn't it about time somebody saved your life? And Peter says, thank you, Mary Jane Watson. And there's the kiss. Aww. But then there's trouble afoot. Time for Spidey to do what Spidey do. Yeah. And Mary Jane gives Peter the line. Go get him, tiger. And there's Spider-Man. He's swinging from the city on his webs. I noticed that there's, like, a bunch of rescue vehicles and a rescue helicopter and a couple of American flags, and 
I'm thinking to myself, you know, three years after 9-11, that's a really touching sort of moment. Yeah, it really is. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, when you consider that Spider-Man 1 was done filming before 9-11, it's kind of a nice little thing right there. Even nicer still was Mary Jane looking from Peter's window. And I think in her heart of hearts, she knows of the risks, but I don't think she's quite ready for the risks. Oh yeah, which we're going to find out in the next movie. Because of course, hey, this film, like the last one, made a whole lot of money. Oh yeah. It was bigger than the first two. Or it was bigger than the first one and the third one. This was the biggest one of all. And it actually tied the amount of... The the budget for the film tied for the biggest budget with Titanic. Oh, and one fact I found. Did you know that at one point in the promotional marketing of the film, they were actually planning Sony to feature the Spider-Man 2 logo on bases during Major League Baseball games? Yeah, what was up with that? I don't know, but baseball fans did not like that idea at all. That was just weird. And when I mean weird, I mean really weird. I have to wonder, maybe one of those bases has to be worth a lot of money on eBay one day. If they still have those, CC. I gotta think they exist somewhere. Or maybe they were just an idea, so... And one of the lasting legacies of Spider-Man 2 is... Is the game? Oh, the video game, yeah. I played in the opening, the Spider-Man 2 pizza time music. Oh, God. That was a crazy game. You know what? I actually had the GameCube version of the Spider-Man 2 video game, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, we're playing the video of the game right now. Looks pretty exciting. I mean, the graphics look pretty dated. I mean, it is PS2 era, but I mean, still. Because it was open world, and open world was a big thing back then. Yeah, thanks to games like GTA 3 and all of the like. And then you had characters in the game that weren't even in the movie itself. Like Black Cat, who was actually in the original script. You always chase girls who brush you off? No, only the naughty ones. I have standards, after all. Standard is the word. And here I was expecting... amazing. Hey! Yep. Got away with the ladies, Spidey. Mr. Smooth. Yeah, why wasn't Black Cat in this movie? I don't know. I guess they just wanted to, uh... keep it to a a few. A few sort of, um... Villains? Villains, yeah. That works well in the next movie. Yeah. By the way, one of the uh, villains that was in Spider-Man... Actually, two of the villains that were in Spider-Man 2, the video game, would be in future movies. Would that be uh, Rhino and uh, Electro? Okay, three. Mysterio was also in the game. This film was released on DVD around Christmas time of 2004. And fun fact, this was the Spider-Man 2 DVD, the first DVD released by Columbia Pictures under the title of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Yeah, because they would have changed their uh, logo by then. From Columbia TriStore. So the extras on this DVD. Okay, disc one, you have commentary with director Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, producer Avi Arad, and co-producer Grant Curtis. Technical commentary, Rupert Reel. Spidey Sense 2, yeah, the trivia track that was in the first DVDs back in this, with pop-up facts and trivia about the film and the world of Spider-Man. Four webisodes. Ooh. Get it? Webisodes. Webisodes, yeah. Original online featurettes from the film's theatrical release. Train ordinary music video and previews. Previews meaning a bunch of other Columbia TriStar Sony uh-huh. Pictures Home Entertainment related stuff. Disc two, you have Making the Amazing, a 12-part documentary from pre-production to the Hollywood premiere. Hero in Crisis, a deeper look into Peter Parker and his personal battles in the continuing story of Spider-Man. Occumentary. Occumentary. Eight Arms to Hold You, a special look at Doc Ock from the comics to the big screen. Interwoven, the women of Spider-Man, a look into the lives of Mary Jane Aunt May and the other women in Peter Parker's life. 
Enter the web, a groundbreaking multi-angle look behind the scenes at the chromatic peer sequence captured in real time. That sounds like an awesome featurette. Yeah, they uh, introduced the spider cam. They needed more vertigo in the sequel, so. Art Gallery, a collection of Alex Ross's paintings used in the opening credits of the movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. They have an art gallery of the uh, montage in the beginning of the movie with the art. That's pretty cool. Activision Spider-Man 2 spinning the game, a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the Spider-Man 2 game. And web links, which are probably all oh, broken God. now. And then... Web links. Web links. And then, about two and a half years later, to promote Spider-Man 3, they released the extended cut of Spider-Man 2 on DVD. Now, we've talked about several scenes already from the extended cut. Mm -hmm. And we have, here it is, Spider-Man 2.1 on DVD. (laughs) I got my copy on Amazon about four years ago. Do you want to know how much I paid for it? How much did you pay for it, Greg? It was 86 cents. What? Oh, I thought you were about to say dollars. Like, 86 cents? 86 cents. That is a steal. I paid more to ship this, which was three ninety nine than the hour. This, okay. Save eight minutes of never before seen footage in the extended cut. All right, disc one. You have audio commentary by producer Laura Ziskin and screenwriter Alvin Sargent. Spidey Sense two point one trivia track, and then disc two. You have a sneak peek at Spider Man three inside two point one featurette, multi angle Danny Elfman score. With great effort comes great recognition featurette and VFX breakdowns, an in-depth look at the visual effects of Spider-Man 2.1. Including the uh, final base shot of Doc Ock, which was basically all digital. Oh yeah, very dated. Just a bit. Yeah. Nice stuff for 2004. Also, and I got this right here. Let me just get it from my DVD shelf real quick. Now, the Spider-Man 2 DVD had an exclusive bonus feature that was only released at Best Buy. It is a bonus disc. VH1 goes inside Spider-Man 2. This is a very hard-to-find DVD. I actually found this at a collectible shop like two years ago or so. Do you want to know how much I paid for it? 96 cents. You were very close. One dollar. Wow. Do you know how much this DVD goes for? It goes for like an insane amount of money, and I randomly found it and paid $1 for it. Wow. And the discs are like in super good condition, which is like awesome. This was actually one of the first movies to be released on, are you ready for this, UMD. Oh, yeah, because remember the Spider-Man 2 UMD disc was a promotional thing if you got the PSP when it launched. Yeah, it was basically one of the launch titles for the uh, medium. And I'm looking at eBay right now, and it goes for, like, right now, you could get one as little as $8 and as much as 35 so... Is there somebody really who needs to watch Spider-Man on UMD on PSP on the go? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I watched Spider-Man 2 on Stars on Demand. And by the time this is released, all of the movies will be released, probably, on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so by the time you're listening to this... If you're trying to marathon or binge all these episodes, you've probably already seen them on Disney Plus or whatever service. Maybe you bought them digitally or whatever. I don't know. By the way, Blu-rays, they're all ported over. There's like no no like Blu-ray exclusive things for extras in terms of Spider-Man 2. But the bonus disc, the VH1 thing, is on the Spider-Man 2 Blu-ray. If you don't want to plunk down the money, just for that one exclusive bonus disc. It's on the Spider-Man 2 Blu-ray anyway. There you go. Also like Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2 was released by Sony Pictures Home Entertainment on Superbit DVD. However, like the first disc, 
It has no extras considering the movie's in a high bit rate for audio and video and whatnot. And I don't think it has the exclusive audio commentary track like in the Spider-Man 1 DVD, which had the DVD-ROM commentary with Tobey Maguire and J.K. Simmons. So you're pretty much boned for extras. All right. So what else do we have to say about Spider-Man 2? It picks up where it lets off, then it sets up nicely for the sequel. And in terms of sequels, I have to say, this may be, like, one of the greatest comic book sequels of all time. Oh, yeah. Because when you think about it, it's like, it's either this or The Dark Knight as the greatest comic book sequel of all time. That That is a coin flip, man. That is a coin flip. But much like The Dark Knight Rises... Spider-Man 3 takes the ball, doesn't know where to go with it. Yeah, unfortunately. But we'll get to Spider-Man 3 when we get to that next time, right here on Into the Spidey Reviews. So for Chico Alexander, I'm Greg Dieter, signing off for now, and we'll see you next time right here on Place to Be Nation Pop Experience for Spider-Man 3. Another deep dive. Into the Spidey movie verse. Here comes the Spider Man.